0: The Blaze Radio Network on demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio
1: Network. I'm very much focused right now on uh, talking to people who have actually witnessed firsthand history, real history. I saw a, uh, a video clip on YouTube the other day of a man who witnessed uh, the uh, the shooting of Abraham Lincoln. And it was on an old show in the 1950s called I've Got a Secret. And this old 90-year-old guy uh, stepped to the plate, and he was five years old. All he remembered was Booth jumping out of the presidential box and breaking his leg on stage. He remembered that. And it was such a fascinating thing that, you know, wow. A few years ago, I found the story of Tokyo Rose and how she was wronged and how all of history is wrong, uh, wrong about her and uh i wish i would have talked to her because she had just died well there's somebody else that has played a huge role in our country's history not that she meant to uh her name is suzette kilo the kilo case she is the woman who bought a little house painted it pink was in love with it and the city came and said, yeah, we're going to take your house, eminent domain, because we're going to give it to this giant corporation, or we're going to build a hotel there, and they'll pay more tax money. It's an amazingly true story of a small-town paramedic that left a bad marriage, buys a house, paints it pink, and then tries to stop it from being bulldozed by the city. She loses that case, but she has changed history because she stood. Suzette Kilo is with us now. Uh, she 's um, her story is being told in the film little pink house also um, uh, Courtney moorhead balaacher is with us she 's the writer, director, and producer of the movie Welcome ladies
2: thank you for having us fun yes good morning thank you
1: you bet Suzette i since we we reached out last week and and I saw the movie and uh i, I thought i have got to to talk to you you've done very few interviews I've, I've heard um but i've seen you speak my producers have seen you speak before can you just tell the story a little bit on what it felt like to have somebody knock at your door and say we're going to take your house
0: well, I, I guess you could say it's um, it's like your, your worst nightmare, right? So you know, here we are, just living in this little neighborhood, myself and my neighbors, and uh, that's exactly what happened. The, uh, the the articles in the paper, of course, started first, so we were aware of what was going on, and then uh, as time went on, real estate agents came f- forward, uh, whether they were working independently or for New um, London Development Corporation, you know, or, or both. And you know, saying that you know we'd like to buy your house, and um, you know, do you want to sell it? Self so, and, and and that's pretty much what how it came, how it how it happened. And to say the first time is you know, no, I'm not interested in selling it. And the second time to come back and be confronted with, if you don't sell it, you're going to lose it by eminent domain.
1: At that point, you had to have thought, because I know I would have, you can't do that. I'm not going to lose my house. Get off! Get off my lawn. This is my house, not in America. Is well, that the attitude you had?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I, you know, what, she was standing on the porch, and what, when she came in, and I asked her a similar question as to the brooch and saying, you know, the value of something that's your family heirloom, and and you know, the, she she got what I was talking about, and and then I told her, I said, "Don't come back, because if you come back, I'll throw you off the porch, and so you know, I'll throw you out. So don't come back again." I'm not interested in selling my property.
1: And when you heard the Supreme Court rule against you, what happened? What was going through your mind?
0: Well, we we as a we we as the group knew that if they didn't uh, rule in our favor, that you know we would have to leave. But we never in a million years ever thought it would happen. It, it was almost, you know, I, I describe it as like everything in the beginning, we started a little grassroots, uh, uh, you know, group saying, you know, you know, if we, if we write this letter to the editor, perhaps all this will start, stop. Or if we, I go on this news program, we talk, it'll stop. So, you know, every time that something happened that we did, the neighbor, uh, myself and my neighbors just, just prayed that the eminent domain would stop. And when and when IJ took the case, we said, "Okay, now this is going to stop," it, it, but it just continued with, 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 you know, not going in our favor. And it, and again, when it went to the United States Supreme Court, with, with, we said, "Okay, now it's going to stop. Now it'll be safe." But even then, we weren't. So.
1: so, so Suzanne, when you when it's all said and done, I remember, I mean, there were a few. I, I think the year was 1995 that I started really questioning what. How our system even works when I saw um O.J. Simpson uh go free, when I saw Timothy McVeigh blow up the federal building the same year, I remember thinking, I don't know if I know my country. Uh-huh. How do you feel today? Do you feel the same about the country as you did before?
0: Well, you know... I- we, we, we used to say as the group that here, here we are in this little neighborhood, we're minding our own business, we're going to work every day, we're law-abiding citizens, we're paying our taxes, we maintain our property, and that's what we said. How can they do this to us? I often referred to, when I spoke to public officials, often, often said that the wolves are at our doors. We're being threatened in our own homes. And um, so, so and, and the way... I, I often uh, answer a question, you know, a question like this is, we're fortunate we live in a country where we could fight, but we're, uh, it's unbelievable that we were pushed to have to fight, I guess. You know, right? Yeah.
1: Um, and the fact that nobody has built anything on your property and it's still sitting now empty and unattended with zero tax dollars going into the city, how does that make you feel?
0: Well, you know, really, that's our just dessert. Is, that's their just dessert. You know, we're, that's our victory as, as the neighbors in, the, in that neighborhood, as the people that were there. That's our victory, that nothing came there. And, you know what I mean in the sense of, look what you did, and you did it all for nothing. And, you know, and that, and that for us is our victory that it is empty
1: uh courtney you're the the writer the producer and the director of this film by the way great job i thought you told the story really really well uh and it was it was really well done when when you when you saw this story what made you think oh i uh, i have to tell this story and this is going to be something people are going to want to go see
2: Mm -hmm. well uh, two reasons really first of all i was completely outraged when I read the book, A Little Pink House, written by Jeff Benedict, it's a fantastic book that documented the entire ordeal. It was a 10-year uh, <laughs> you know, time span for Suzette and her neighbors from when she bought her house, fixed it up, painted it pink, to the time when the Supreme Court decision came out. I, I could not believe that something like this happened, that something like this was considered legal by the United States Supreme Court. And the other reason I had to make the film was because I was blown away by Suzette's stance, her her principled position to say, no, you can't do this. This is not right. Suzette didn't want to be the the public face of this issue. She didn't want to... You know, be a crusader. She she did this completely outside of her comfort zone, and I was really inspired by her resistance and her integrity. and And I felt like America needed to see what happened in this town, not only to to show how horrible cronyism is, but that it still happens all over the country. And we want to use the film to bring awareness to that, and hopefully bring an end to it.
1: Uh, Was there any artistic license taken, uh, Suzette, with your story? I mean, you had to have been... um, I mean, boy, you had some rough years. You leave a a bad marriage. um, You find a house. You fix it up. It's great. You fall in love. You fall in love with a decent guy who, who, you know, you eventually marry but he is um debilitated halfway through this fight i mean i don't know what kept you going is is all of that true
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah every every minute of it it's it's true absolutely yep. Yep. so
1: what kept you going
0: Uh perseverance i you know i'm just i i don't know i don't know what kept me going just because it was the right thing to do for the fight for the fort where we were, I mean, that was you know was the was the right thing to do, and uh, just you know I perseverance, I just kept plowing forward. Yeah, Courtney, I, I can't. Uh, it's hard to believe a movie like this could get made because you know we 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 see the way Hollywood kind of treats a lot of these stories, and they they don't they don't want to tell stories like this where the government is doing things like this, and and these are real constitutional issues where you're teaching you know America in a in an in an interesting and entertaining way a really sad story about what can do if government grows too large how, how did how did this movie even get made
2: <laughs> well yeah you know making any uh, independent film is always uh, an uphill battle uh, my husband and producing partner Ted Ballacher, and I we formed our own company Corchiula Productions and our motto is making important ideas entertaining and we set out mm. to make movies that you know, basically d- do just that, that entertain but inform and, and hopefully uh, ha- have an impact. And, um, you know, we we could have gone to studios and tried to partner with them, but it was very important to us to tell the truth and to make sure that the, the details of this story were laid out very accurately. It, 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 this was not Pfizer knocking on doors, <laughs> offering money to people to buy their homes. It, it was the city... That wanted to push Suzette and her neighbors off of their land so that a developer could come in and build stuff that could benefit Pfizer. And you know, that, that, that's that's an important detail. It, it, I, th- I think oftentimes uh, Hollywood, you know, always wants to blame one. Entity. This is a very complicated story. It's a very complicated issue, and as I mentioned earlier, it's about cronyism. When when government and big corporations uh, team up, the little guy loses. And often politicians say, "Oh, we're we're for the little guy," and and that's not the case when it comes to eminent domain abuse. And so, we wanted to make a film that accurately portrayed what happened in Suzette's neighborhood, and we wanted to put a human face on it, and it, it was a challenge, but so far, we have uh, felt a lot of success and a lot of, an, uh, we've been embraced by, we, we sold out the uh, the Guard in New London, Connecticut, that was our world premiere mm. on uh, the 16th, 1,500 people showed up and bought tickets, oh, wow. we, we had to turn people away, uh, they're having encore performance, and we're in several cities throughout the nation, and People can find out littlepinkhousemovie.com if if we're playing in your city, and if we're not, you can bring the film to your town. And, you know, Glenn, we're finding that people, this is really resonating with people because everybody knows what home is. Whether you own a home or rent a home, everybody knows what that is and the importance of that. And uh, we're very hopeful that audiences will, will continue to connect with Suzette, n- not only for, for what she did, but um, for what she stands for, and as you said, it's a historic well, Supreme Court decision. And
1: it really, it really is. millions of
2: it, it, millions of homes.
1: You you did a you did a fantastic job on telling the story. I think it's really good. Well,
0: thank uh, you. Uh, last one, Suzette. I, I, I grew up in Connecticut. and spent many uh, summer weekends at Ocean Beach Park, right down the uh, street from where you where the story is told. Uh, I'm curious, Is after all of this happened, did you decide to stay in the area? Does, does it seem frustrating? Are you angry about it? What happened after the story? Well, um, myself and my neighbors, we all bought homes in uh, other towns. None of us uh, stayed in New London. And um, oh. it's heartbreaking to um, see New London uh, do what it does to itself, you know, uh, with this eminence of main case. And are we frustrated? Yeah, I guess you could say we were definitely frustrated, yeah, and um,
1: yeah.
0: uh, like you said, unfortunately, we lost, and we all had to, you know, um, you know, have, had to have the houses torn down. Mm.
1: Thank you so much for uh, joining us. The website, if you wanted to come to your town or to find out if it is in your town, littlepinkhousemovie.com, dot com. Well worth the time spent. Thank you very much for being a part of the program today. By the way. Connecticut continues to do the same thing, uh, and they are driving people out of their state. It's pretty amazing.
0: Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network.